0: My name is danielle vogel and you're listening to everyday enviro on full service radio a show about the little things you can do to minimize your personal carbon footprint this show is all about empowering you to take control of the pace of environmental progress you're making just by being a little bit more mindful about the way you eat drink shop and think this isn't hard stuff but we'll show you just how easy it can be when you know exactly which small things really do matter If fighting climate change is something that's important to you, or possibly just something you're curious to learn more about, please consider subscribing to Everyday Enviro, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by the brilliant and sassy Chelsea Barker, celebrated urban farmer and friend of mine. Hey, Chelsea! Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Chelsea joined me on Everyday Enviro back in December to talk about picking perfect produce at the grocery store. And today, she's back to talk... Dun-dun-dun, single-use plastics. Oh, yeah, this is going to be super uplifting. I know it sounds like it's not going to be, but we're
1: going to bring it home. You're going to feel empowered when we're done here because there's tons of room for improvement.
0: The dream. Okay, so let's set the stage. Uh, We're going to start with some stats. So Chelsea did a ton of research to prepare for the show today, and here's some of what she discovered. Every single minute, we dump the equivalent of a garbage truck full of plastic into our oceans. And by 2050 there will be more plastic in the oceans than fish by weight. So given that, it's no surprise that many of the fish we consume have ingested plastic microfibers. And lingering plastic contamination impacts the entire marine food chain, from plankton all the way up to whales. And we've all seen that sea turtle video that's Um, that's sort of credited with having accelerated the anti-straw movement. But let's drill down on the vast scope of the plastic problem. We produce about 300 million tons of plastic each year, and half of it is disposable. However, listen closely on this one. This one's critical. Worldwide, only 12% of plastics are recycled. So, Charles, let's talk about how we can reduce the amount of plastics we're using on a daily basis. Can you share a bit about what you call your hierarchy of needs hypothesis?
1: Yes, I would be glad to. And I'm pretty fired up about single-use plastics. It's something that I've spent more time researching as I've learned more. You know, it's kind of like I was doing some of these research uh, pieces, and I was looking. One of them had, like, a, a slideshow of, like, look at these terrible pictures of plastic contamination. It's like, we don't Mortifying. need. Yeah, I was like, we don't like terrible that there already is a slideshow, but I don't need to see anymore. And I think if you can keep whichever most recent terrible plastic photo in the ocean, like that you have in your head as you're listening to this, just keep it as your motivation. But, um, you know, it's it's pretty intense. And so uh, it's kind of hard thing to talk about, but I do want to make sure that we like keep it uh, focus because it's it's exciting to think about like where we can make impact mm-hmm. and something that has really spoken to me and kind of guided me along is instead of thinking of like a really awful photo that I keep in mind, I think about this image that I learned about called the hierarchy of needs uh, and I, the credit for the hierarchy of needs goes to an artist named Sarah Lazarovic. Um, And she actually wrote a book called A Bunch of Pretty Things I Did Not Buy. She's an artist. She's a designer. um, She's based out of Toronto. And she spent a year kind of like mulling over the question of like, how do I reduce the number of things that I buy? Because I know reducing materialism is good overall for the environment. And so she basically illustrated all the things that she coveted but did not purchase. And through that, she kind of came up with this idea as like a riff on um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's called the hierarchy of needs. So if you can imagine that food pyramid... Um, with the bottom being, um, you know, the most basic needs, and the top being something that is like uh, very sparing, the very bottom of it, and um, going from bottom to top, is borrow, swap, thrift, make, and then buy with intention. And we'll, we should unpack each of those at each level. And then something that I think about uh, when I'm keeping this image in my mind is I add like another bottom foundational piece to that pyramid, which is refuse. Mm. And I want to talk a lot about refusing today. Um, because it's a big word, but it's a lot easier to implement than you might think. Um, and so thinking about any sort of purchasing, we have power at every step of the way. In the same way that we talked about purchasing power with our food and produce choices, the same way we talk about purchasing power as a tool to manipulate our local markets, um, everything from beer and wine and alcohol to food, but it also definitely impacts plastics, because as you probably can imagine, we have plastic in pretty much everything. Certainly. Um, so... I talk a lot about refuse like that's kind of like my my first step there and you know I one story I used to illustrate this is um, when I I used to work as a cashier at a food stand at a farm when I lived in California and um, people would come in and buy their local produce and it was an awesome place because people were always talking about like what's in season and you feel really good about it it was certified organic so it checks all those boxes and then they'd go to check out and i you know, they'd ask me to to bag up right. just a couple so of things and you're like a
0: plastic bag. A plastic bag, and like yeah. For it was something like, so easily carried. Yeah, and
1: it was like cellulose based. So you're like, okay, well this is not a big deal, right? But like, you know, eight million people were like, it's just one straw, what's the big deal? Like because sorry, 8, eight million straws later. Sorry, eight billion straws later, right? Um and so it is a big deal, right? And so if you just refuse, if you just stop right there and you say, like, do I actually need the thing that I think I need, that is like a gateway for trying to see, well, how much
0: am I actually consuming? And so And plastic bags are really a particularly great place uh, to start because they are totally not recyclable. Yeah. Um, Easy rule of thumb is that the more rigid plastics tend to be recyclable, but the malleable plastics are not. Right. So think things like, like perfect example is a plastic bag or maybe a wrapper for, you know, an individual cookie or something like that.
1: Yeah. And like as like a sidebar to this conversation, I did a couple of. I looked into how long things take to like quote unquote break down. And for example, like a cookie plastic wrapper for a cookie package is 200 years. Yeah. A Mylar balloon is never, never, um, is never a plastic Starbucks coffee cup is 450 years. And hold that mind, thought. We'll get back to the coffee yeah. cups. This is not breaking down. It's breaking down into micro plastics, right? Because these are not natural materials. They can't. It's not like breaking down um, like a banana peel, right? These are never actually going back to the planet because they are man-made creations. So the story of when I was working at the at the produce stand, I started saying instead of "Do you want a bag?" I started saying "Do you need a Do bag? you need a bag?" And I said, "Do you have a bag in your car?" And you would be shocked at the number of people who said, "Oh yeah, you know I do have a box or a bag in the car," or instead of if they really said, oh, I don't have a bag in the car, I really need one, I'd say, well, would you mind taking, would you reuse one of these produce boxes instead? Which is something you can do, pro tip at Trader Joe's as well, if you forgot your bags. You can just use one of their wine boxes, which is great, right? So anyway, so think about want versus need in terms of like when you go to grab, you know, any sort of packaging. Um, That's a great
0: point. All right, so we're we're at the, we're still at the base of the hierarchy, right? So we're still on refuse. All right, now moving up, we go next to borrow. To borrow, yeah. So, I mean, borrow is like,
1: it kind of reminds me of like old school days when you like didn't have a thing. So you would like call up your neighbors. And so a great example is this weekend, my little sister had her engagement party, which was super exciting. My parents hosted in our backyard and she was calling me and she was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we forgot about this, but it's going to be so hot. And like, instead of, you know, we'll have like wine and beer, but like, what about water? And right. I was, She was like, Oh, we should just go get some water from the store. And I was like, well, what if you just ask like the three household neighbors that are also attending the party just to bring whatever water pitchers they had at home you have filtered water in mom and dad's kitchen. So smart. Right? So you just borrow what you need. I mean, that's like the whole concept of a potluck. Like, um, you know, I went to a, a Thanksgiving, like a Friendsgiving, and, you know, no one in D.C. has enough service for 12 in their one-bedroom apartments, probably. And so we were <laughs> plate. asked.
0: Plate. Yeah. So we were asked <laughs> to
1: bring our own service, which was like a plate, a cup, and whatever utensils. And it was really fun to see, like, the kind of patchwork that we made of just bringing our own stuff. And then... Um, you know, it was like fun to clean up at the end of the night make sure everyone got their stuff going home and no plastic necessary. Smart. So it just takes like one extra step of thinking, but it doesn't need to be difficult.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So now that's, we've, we've done refuse, we've done borrow. Next is swap. Next is swap. Um, I'm actually moving next week and I I know
1: I put something out on Facebook and I said, I don't want to move. I don't want to buy any single use anything for this move. Who around here has moving supplies that I can come pick up from you and repurpose? And I had more offers than I needed. I mean, sometimes all it takes is asking your communities, thanks, Internet, to, you know, see what else is out there. Um, And, you know, swapping is very, very fun. Um, I've also been to a bunch of clothing swaps where you get something from a friend or a stranger who is your size and it's, you know, done with them, but it's new to you. Yeah.
0: It's so so fun. For sure. You know, we did an episode earlier in the season about um, waste in the fashion industry. Yeah. And the average American consumer landfills 70 pounds of clothing every single year. That's wild. Which is just, I mean, just, the environmental impacts are outrageous, but like, are. the economic impacts are indefensible. It's pretty Like the
1: scale of it is something I keep coming back to because you think like, oh, I do all these other good things in my life. And what's one plastic cup? What's one straw? Like, it's no big deal. Like, oh, I'm traveling. I forgot my water bottle. I'll just get one. It's like, well, but this is exactly the kind of place where you need to step in and say like, no, like these are the actions that I am not going to partake in anymore because... As a planet, we just can't stand it anymore. Yeah,
0: and the accumulation is just absolutely overwhelming us. Yeah, Um, sorry. I mean, more (laughs) plastic than fish by weight in the ocean is very real. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Um, All right, so refuse, borrow, swap. Now we're on to, well, we kind of did thrift. Yeah, I mean, if you
1: really can't find something and you really need it, You know, thrifting is a a great place to go look for something secondhand, Craigslist, the, you know, Goodwill, whatever. Like, again, I'm moving, so I was like, well, I don't need to go buy a bunch of like tubs to move my stuff. I'll just go see if there are any at Goodwill. And then I also got some winter coats for where I'm moving as well. So, like, you know, thrift stores can be hit or miss, but um, if you can be intentional about it, then you can often have pretty good luck. Certainly. Um, Next is make. Next is make. I mean, it's like the DIY generation, isn't it? I mean, there's, Tons of opportunities to make your own things. I think. Um, can you give
0: us an example? So we're talking specifically yeah. about plastics. Sure. It's I, hard to imagine yeah. making a thing that would stand in for plastics. Can you give us an example? Let's turn our attention to uh, the kitchen.
1: So um, instead of buying packaged foods, is there a product or a packaged food that you seem to be purchasing a lot of? Um, and is there a way that you can make it or make it in a different way? So um, Granola. So, granola is a great one. In my household, we drink a lot of nut milks.
0: Um, you make nut milk? Yeah. And, Whoa.
1: And it's, I know I like, I'm sound super fancy, but I'm super not fancy. How do you do it? it you need a blender and you need a water you need a water source. <laughs> you need one water, you need a blender, you need a water source and you need some sort of a, like a um, cheesecloth type filtering bag for cashews or oats or something like that. Um, and there's like a jillion recipes online for people who are doing the same thing all over the, all over the world. And, um, you know, we can talk a little bit also about some inspirational people and accounts I look to online to kind of help me think outside the box a little bit and think about things I hadn't
0: thought about, like tea bags or something mm-hmm. like that. But I lo- just as, as, a, an, as, an, as an, yeah. a relevant aside, not really an aside, definitionally <laughs> um, <laughs> follow up Uh if you buy nut milk in the store, it's coming in one of two methods of containment. It's either plastic or it's a plastic line Tetra pack. Yeah, So tetra packs, if man. we could just skip that entirely by making our own nut milk at yeah. home, that would be a significant move forward.
1: Right. Or like if it's not nut milk in your household, what about like stock or like veggie stock or, um, you know, like a soup base or something like that? Like I, I save all of the scraps I have in my kitchen that would go into a soup base. So like carrot tops and onion skins and, um, you know, the butt of a celery head or things like that. You know mushroom stems. I throw them in a bag in my freezer, and when it's full, I make veggie stock, and then I don't have to buy you know the equivalent of about like two or three tetra packs for veggie stock. I mean, and that stuff, you know, it's it's coated, and that's a whole nother ball of wax. But when you have combined materials it is that much harder slash impossible to break it pull down. them
0: apart, break it down, and then recycle the pieces respectively. So I really like this because it, it, it is a no-brainer now to carry your own reusable water bottle. Everyone does I it. I hope so. All the cool kids are doing I hope it. hope so. They're everywhere. Backpacks Please. are made to accommodate them. Okay, but what we don't think about is avoiding other processed foods by making them at home. So sure. I really love this motivation and inspiration you're giving us um, to think through what's on your shopping list every single week And could you easily make it at home and probably save yourself some money while doing it? Oh, yeah. That's the other, like,
1: the good, like, if you flip the coin over, like, this is another benefit that comes out of this is, like, if you can start to really hone in on breaking down your plastic use, pardon the pun, you can really save a lot of money Mm -hmm. um, just by, like I said, you know, saving money, buying something secondhand, making it by yourself, or literally just doing without. I mean, there is a lot of money to be saved and, um, you know avoidance and just an avoidance yeah
0: or finding substitutions so you know I, I always bring it back to this because my roots are in moderate politics but it, it what <laughs> it, almost everything we've ever talked about on everyday enviro is simultaneously good for the environment and, and for the for economy for your, good for the economy good Absolutely. for your personal food budget um okay and then the the tippy top most sp- spare thing we do is is last is buy is right buy.
1: and i would put an asterisk on that um original that original um diagram and say buy with intention. So if you do have to purchase something, if you have to purchase something, then buy it with intention. So what I mean by that is uh when I lost my beloved clean canteen steel coffee mug that I'd been carrying around for the last like 6 years that had probably more sticker residue than <laughs> it should have had, but it had been around and I lost it and I was devastated. I did more research, and it was, you know, worth it to me to buy something that, yes, had a big carbon footprint in its creation, but would last in perpetuity. Um, great examples of something to buy with intention um, are things that will last for a very, very, very long time. So, glass is a great example, and stainless steel is a good example. And specifically, I think we'll go into where in your life these these particular um, Items materials that- will fit in. Um, but glass and stainless steel are good. Um, are generally
0: good things to think about when we think about the entire longevity or life cycle of an item. That's a great point. Um, okay, so uh, we've been through this hierarchy of needs. It starts at, at the bottom with with the most abundant choice, which is refuse, and then it, it progresses to borrow, swap, thrift, make, buy. Right. But say I'm a person who you know picks up a. I, know, I am not this person, but I'm th- there is a theoretical human being yes. that picks up a bottle of water yes. and thinks it's okay. I'll recycle it. Um, and say they recycle religiously. Every piece of plastic that can be recycled, they choose to recycle. Sure. Isn't isn't that good enough? It's not. I mean, I don't want to be
1: hardline, but I'm. This what this podcast
0: is for, right? Um,
1: to be real, it's it's just not the best choice. Um, it's it's the plastic that we are choosing to purchase and recycle sometimes doesn't even make it to the the landfill.
0: And at the bottom doesn't make at, it to the recycling plant.
1: Or yeah, it doesn't make it to the recycling plant or it makes it to the landfill, that's bad. But yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, what we're talking about here is reducing the the volume of stuff that we that is single use that we purchase. So just not buying it in the first place is the greatest thing that you can do for your overall carbon footprint and for reducing the amount of single use single use plastic that we uh, that we use, yeah and consume. The, the,
0: the biggest percentage of its life cycle carbon footprint is the production is
1: itself. the production exactly, so like if you're at home and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna throw away, I'm never going to use a plastic grocery bag again, and I'm only going to use paper bags. Stop right where you are and just look at the reusable garbage bag you know shopping bags you have at your disposal and look at them and say, "Okay friends, it's me and you forever, and mm-hmm. just stop consuming more of them. Don't buy anymore, don't accept anymore. Um, and just, you know, it's one vote. Every single time you refuse it, that's one vote for not creating more in the first place. Yes, Jeff.
0: Um, and just touching back on something you mentioned earlier, but it's worth repeating, um, even when plastic is recycled, it never disappears. Right. It never goes away. And a
1: lot of plastic, uh, as to your point earlier is low-grade to begin with. So even if it can be, like you see products that are like, this is made with recycled plastic, and that's great, but that is a very small fraction of the actual plastic, A, being consumed and created, um, and B, making it to the recycling bin, bin and processing plant in the first place. So it's good to do that, but it's always better to lower the overall demand for
0: it in the first place. That's a perfect place to take a break. Um, So, we're talking with Chelsea Barker about the scope of our plastic problem, and we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we'll get some tips on how to avoid single use plastics in our daily lives. Back in a sec. Welcome back. This is Everyday Enviro, a show about the small things you can do to reduce your personal carbon footprint. I'm Danielle Vogel, founder of Glens Garden Market, and I'm joined today by urban farmer and plastic hater, Chelsea Barker.
1: (laughs) I'm proud to have those things listed behind my name.
0: We've been talking about the appalling breadth of the plastics problem, and now we're going to give you some tips on how you can reduce your personal plastic consumption. This show is all about the ways that we can reduce our personal carbon footprint, and today we've learned... Um, that we produce okay, I'm sorry, I can read it's going to be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've learned that we produce plastic at a truly alarming rate, um, that next to none of it actually gets recycled, and that the tiny percentage that does end up getting responsibly waste streamed isn't really that responsibly waste streamed after all. Um, so it sounds like the only logical choice is to start using way less plastic. Yes. How do I'm we do here. it, Charles? Give us some pro tips.
1: So, you know, I think a lot of people who are listening will probably say, okay, well, here, here's a couple things that I can think of off the top of my head that I do. You know, I I bring my reusable bags. Um, I have my coffee mug that I take with me everywhere. Um, but let's kind of expand that narrative and think about other ways where we buy and then use plastic in our daily lives and so i think we can go through like let's let's like look through the home and let's go item by item or maybe material by material how do you want to do it danielle
0: um let's do material by material it sounds great okay cool so
1: when we're thinking about reducing plastic we have to look at good substitutes and like i don't want to completely hate on plastic like we have a lot of great medical advances for example. i was thinking the same thing like yeah. Our lives are infinitely better because of some of the plastics that we've created, but we've gone like way overboard. And so we can dial some of that back in our own homes, making ourselves healthier and uh, saving some money in the meantime. So a great way to start would be to think about all the things that you can substitute with cloth. Uh, so shopping bags is a no brainer, but what about um, napkins mm. or rags? So I don't buy any single use. No paper um, towels in your Paper house? towels. I don't buy napkins because those things come. That's right, wrapped in plastic, mm-hmm. um, that cannot
0: be recycled. And actually, um, this is like the tiniest little bit, but when you place a takeout order, you can ask them to not include those things. Here, here. Just leave it out Just of there. Just say bag. no
1: thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Refuse. Um, refuse. Absolutely. So like we use cloth napkins. We use. Um, we use. Old socks and cut up t shirts for rags, so for cleaning around the house, uh, and then we just throw them in the wash with some white vinegar to sanitize them. Uh, we use uh, bowl covers, we use cloth for bowl covers. Um, you can buy coffee filters and tea bags that are reusable, that are made with cotton, so that um, A, you're not putting microplastics in your water stream, but you're also using something that's reusable, which is really exciting. Um, And then on that note of microplastics, which I definitely want to talk more about, it's one of the ways that you may have seen that headline where people are like, oh, you consume plastic every day as Mm -hmm. like a human. You're like, how is that possible? Well, microplastics is why. And it's often getting into our water systems and therefore into our food systems. You're eating the things that eat the things. Right. Because um, it's being washed out of things. So like um, today I wore a cotton blouse. It's mm-hmm. 100% cotton, so it has no microplastics in it. So when I wash it, I'm not
0: adding more microplastics to our water supply. I'm a but, big Patagonia fan, as uh-huh. as all seven listeners of Everyday Environment know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I read uh, Yvonne Schrenard's book, and he yes. talked a bit about how they realized much to their horror that when their old fleece material Absol- would be yeah. washed, these little threads of microplastic would infiltrate the marine ecosystem absolutely and Um, it's too small to be filtered out at the wastewater treatment plant it's just
1: something that we never i think um you know never engineered a solution for in the first place and now
0: we're seeing that it's you know to our horror it's in everything and so so, in patagonia's defense so they 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 were able to engineer a material that does not shed in that way so good for them those good people Um, people. um but also it's in things like uh face wash with the microbeads oh the microbeads or think Not about
1: calling, Bath and Body Works, I think they discontinued those. You know, Go bath do you remember and body those works. like hand sanitizers that were all the rage with the microplastics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cucumber melon. I bought a lot of those. I know
0: better now. And then also uh, disposable contact lenses. Yes. Don't, I mean, don't flush those down the toilet, please. Ugh, stop the flushing. But
1: anyways, you can buy a bag. Um, there's a whole market for these bags that you can put your clothes in and then put the bag in the washing machine that will collect the microplastics before they even make it into your wastewater. Um, or there are filters that you can put on your washing machine. So there are retrofitting solutions out there. It's just many folks just aren't aware.
0: Can I ask what you would recommend doing with the the, the capture in that bag? I mean, is that inevitably landfill? Question. Is landfill better than marine ec- ecosystem? The answer has to be yes, because well, it won't right. be ingested by something. In a yeah, landfill. I mean, yes. I mean, there's
1: a toxicity question always, but that's always going to be at the root of any plastic problem. Uh, it's always going to be better than the marine ecosystem. And remember, microplastics are smaller than five millimeters, but they often are microscopic. Um, so you don't always see them. And so that's why we aren't really fully seeing the the impacts of these, except for when they have be, been accumulated on a mass scale. Um, but yeah, I would say a landfill is going to be way better. They're okay. not recyclable. Um, so yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. I think Thank so. you for that. Um, okay, so we talked about cloth a little bit, cloth solutions, but let's talk about stainless steel. How about the bento box, the the to-go lunch container that has the cute little compartments and the trays that nestle? I mean, it's extremely KonMari, and I'm super into the aesthetic. Um, <laughs> but stainless steel, again, yes, critics will say it's got a big carbon footprint on the front end of things and the creation of it, and that's true, but it will last forever. Yeah, you, so you can, can amortize it,
0: it over a lifetime. Yeah,
1: um, my mother-in-law literally has like a like a like an antique, sti- like,
0: Bento box that she uses, and it's like, it's never gonna degrade. It's never gonna go away. So, stainless steel straws are all the rage. Do yeah. you have any tips for cleaning them? That's the one knock I hear all the time.
1: Uh, there is a company that makes bamboo uh, clean bristly cleaners, same with toothbrushes, like a little pipe cleaner, but it's made out of bamboo. So yes, it will eventually degrade over time, but it's not going to, um, degrade into microplastics. Bamboo is a natural material, so it will actually break down. Sweet. So a toothbrush is another great example of where bamboo can come in for us. Um, and so bamboo can, while we're on the topic of bamboo, um, I travel with a little to go set of bamboo cutlery so that if I am out and about and I'm getting lunch, I don't have to use plastic or even compostable, uh, you know, utensils, because again, it's the, it's a reduction in the creation in the first place. We want to refuse it at all possible opportunities. So, um, and then when I am done with my bamboo utensils or the bamboo toothbrush, those will degrade. I can use that as like a, um, like a marker in my garden, like the, the toothbrush handle, you know, cause it's just a stick of wood, you know, you can use it for whatever you want. Can you put it in compost? Yeah. Cool. Totally. It's bamboo. Um, cotton is another great natural fiber. So I said, I'm wearing my, you guys can totally see this at home. I'm wearing my, uh, hundred percent cotton blouse for the recording of this podcast. Um, but cotton is a great thing to use for, um, tote bags. It's great also for menstrual pads and liners. Um, I know there's a ton of plastic waste. There's a huge conversation about, uh, like female products. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that, right? Um, it's just us. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> it's a party of 2 over here. Uh, yeah, let's shout it from the rooftops. Let's like re- make reusable pad liners. Let's make reusable pads. Um, and then for instead of tampons, um, you can use a silicone cup. There's tons of different brands. Are we talking out there. Diva cups right now? Diva cup is one. On Silicon Garden Market. Oh, please, hot,
0: please come buy them. Hot dog.
1: <laughs> they last for two to three years. So silicone again is a synthetic, and it doesn't break down the same way that a natural material would. But you're saving. Think about the lifespan of that product. You're saving two to three years worth of tampons, Individual or containers. pads, things that are that are individually wrapped, um, and that have again multiple parts in them that you cannot recycle because it's a you just can't do that with that product. So um, again, if you are thinking, okay, I do the good things at home, pick one world, one realm of your life, your kitchen, your bathroom, your personal wear, like, is it your makeup and like health and beauty routine? And figure out where am I using plastic here and where can I cut back on okay, it. Okay,
0: I love this. So let's drill down on that for just a second. So, the whole idea is that these are easy ways to reduce your personal carbon footprint. Yes. This has been an overwhelming amount of information, and the last thing we're trying to do is scare people. You're welcome. So, yeah, thank <laughs> just you. Just kidding. Um, so, let's take this one bite at a time approach that I love so dearly. Um, yes. And I am going to not use, you, you mentioned this earlier, um, but the, uh, not from Starbucks, but the idea of the hot cup. So the hot cup, is it looks like a paper cup, but it's plastic lined on the inside, making it enemy territory. Right. That mixed stuff is really where it gets you. So I'll tell you that I've been doing this all wrong um, because I have been usually taking those cups and putting them into our compost stream. Um, But your research suggests that it takes 50 years to decompose that cup. Yes. So what I'm going to not do is continue taking a daily hot cup. I've been doing it. I recycle the top of it. I try to compost or recycle the bottom of it, but I'm wrong. It's, it's not compostable and it's not recyclable. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. There are,
1: it's, it's tough too. Cause I think in your defense, it's not, it's not always clear to the consumer as many issues with greenwashing, you know, have mm-hmm. the same problem, but it's not always clear to the consumer how you should be treating this for its end of life. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think consumers have the ability to put pressure on the producers for because if it's not clear how we should be using them and then they end up in places where they shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, then contaminate waste streams. Exactly. And so you can contaminate a whole block of recycling if you have the wrong item in there. And then that whole block has to be discarded or reprocessed. And like that's a huge opportunity for, you know for industry to put pressure on other industry and say like, we need to be super clear about how we should be teaching people about this. And, um, another like sidebar of this research is that I saw that Washington state actually just regulated that for the first time, uh, or they're one of the first jurisdictions to actually regulate it. So if something is actually physically colored, Brown or green, uh, then it has to be, then it is actually biodegradable or compostable. If it is, uh, is not those things that cannot be colored, those things, and it cannot be listed as such. Oh, that's
0: interesting. It's kind of like putting the word organic on a on a piece right. of packaging. It means right, something and very and I think that's like a
1: very good step in thinking. Okay, well, how do we educate the public about um, what we should be doing here? But the easiest way is to just not take it in the first place. And I know that's hard, and you're going to slip up. And like, I was just on a super long road trip, and um, I was falling asleep. So I bought coffee at a gas station, and it was in you know I didn't have my precious clean canteen with me, and it was in like a styrofoamy thing. And I felt terrible about it, but like, you know, you do the best you can Mm -hmm. and you try to plan ahead and you do, you know, you do what you're able to, to make these little choices every single day so that it's not a habit that I go buy the thing that's made out of styrofoam. It's, it's a one-off and I won't repeat it.
0: Yeah. So we're going to flip on its head something that we sort of started by talking about, which was that it feels like it's just one little thing. It's no big deal over time. But what we know is over time, daily, daily the time indiscretions. <laughs> yeah. The, these things become uh, significant. Yes. Um, and your personal carbon footprint is dramatically expanded. If you are using these items recklessly. I mean, God help the single use plastic bottle industry. Um, oh, man, I don't have a lot of sympathy. For sure. So we just want to sort of give you this word of, of motivation, which is like, if you are mindful about refusal, thrifting, making, Um, and ultimately buying if necessary, then every once in a while when you've got to make a choice that's inconsistent with that dream and vision, that's okay. Like, the the every once in a while slip is A-okay. It's just that, like... Sort of writing it off as no big deal each time you make a choice you know is bad. That's what we're trying to move in the other direction for. Right. It's and this is the this is like kind of at the heart of the issue of I think
1: the whole podcast here, which is behavioral change can be really tough. It can present challenges. We get in habits. We're busy people, and it can be really difficult to say I'm gonna build a new habit, um, but. This is the time. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just like,
0: as you were advising, let's start with like one, one behavior at a time. Start with one room of your house
1: and think about what you use in a day or a week. Look at your shopping list and say, well, which of these is single use? I mean, the purchase of something that is only intended to be used for a short amount of time and then discarded when it has a life cycle after that discard moment of, you know, decades or even centuries. I mean, that's the thing that we're really trying to critically like cut off at
0: the, at the start. All right. So, um we are coming to the end of our time together. Do you, you are like as far as I'm concerned like the the Yoda of plastic. Oh, thank you. I'm far from perfect, but I'm trying. Um, I'm learning more every day. Do you have any more just like last minute pro tips for us? Things maybe you do in your own personal life or you'd like to recommend others consider? Oh man. So actually, here's something I thought about when I was getting ready for this podcast. I think in
1: the very first episode with you, I said, I buy organic produce like hands down no matter what, because it's, we know, and this is like one of those catch 22 moments. We know that not conventional produce uses a lot of petroleum products in its creation. Um, But I've just started looking at all the single use plastic that I was bringing home. So for example, sometimes I went to the store and um, conventional avocados were loose. You could just grab one, Mm -hmm. Uh, but organic avocados were in a a bag. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I've started just just not buying single-use plastic when I look at my groceries. Like, I'm trying to really hone in my grocery list and things you can do that I'm, I'm trying to do more of. Like, you were talking about your hot cup situation. Something that I need to be better about is buying more in bulk. Um, using the vessels I have at home and buying in bulk and reusing them, using the tear-out weight uh, so that I can use those, you know, glass containers or you know, bags over and over again. Just let me just stop you for one second. Yeah. The
0: Terra, which is which is A R E, yeah. Which what that means is that you have them set the uh, the scale at mm-hmm. the register to account for the weight of your container, so you're not paying the unit price for the container weight. Right. And most stores, who I mean, any store that's
1: got a scale can do this for you. This is not foreign. So um, that's something I, I know I want to improve in my life. But my grocery list is something that I'm really trying to hone in on. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more important to stop purchasing single use plastic and to put pressure on the people who are using it as part of their policies and practices to say, like, we as consumers don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say find a place where you can vote with your dollars and vote with your voice. I mean, there's, there was a petition for a grocery store. I don't remember which it was. I think it was like Albertsons or something like that. And people were petitioning to say like, we don't want you to provide plastic bags anymore. We don't want. And then there was another one that was, um, we don't want you to use so much single use plastic packaging when you're packaging produce Mm -hmm. because it oftentimes does not need it at all. Um, it usually does not usually does not. So I think, I don't know, that's where I'm, that's where I'm picking up my fight. You know, it's no one's perfect. And I will say I do follow two accounts on Instagram that really help me because these two accounts are people who've been doing this for a lot longer than I have. So they have a lot more research and they also have a lot really of great solutions as well. One of them is a woman out of Washington state uh, and her account is intentionalism and she is a mother of three. So if anyone's out there who's like, it's not possible with school lunches. This girl's for you. She's great. She's got cool <laughs> ideas and um, really inventive solutions. And then the other one I follow is Treading My Own Path. And she's based out of Australia. And what's really interesting is seeing how uh, you know, they have, I think Australia has a much better Uh, outlook on all of it. They've been a lot more proactive than I think we have as a culture. And so, for example, one thing that she started in her community, which I love, is she petitioned to purchase a set of community dishes that you could rent out for, like, a baby shower or um, an office party or something like that. And then she tracks how many times are used and how much single-use plastic she has helped her community avoid purchasing in the first place. Um, And she's also worked with her local coffee shop to offer to-go jars as opposed to hot cups. So people can bring in their jars that they have purchased and want to repurpose. And then people can
0: leave in the appropriate volume-sized jar, which I think is so
1: fun. Creative,
0: right? And at Glens Garden Market, if you BYO mug, we'll fill it up with coffee for a buck, pro tips, secret menu item. Oh, my gosh. All <laughs> um, right. So we've, we've learned a whole lot about plastics today. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Um, if you're interested to learn more, I actually just finished listening to this week's Eater Upsell podcast, which is also about Great. plastics. Lots Great. of like interesting stats and stuff like that. So I'd recommend that to you if um, if this wasn't, wasn't enough for you. Um, so before we end our time together, let's take a moment to reflect on... why climate change is a problem worth even attempting to address at the personal level. It's huge and complex, and at times it seems well beyond our control. But we know that it's not. This is your moment of motivation, Plastics Edition. (laughs) Since the 1950s, when plastics were first introduced, 9.1 billion tons of it have been manufactured, and most of it still exists in some form. Some might say all of it still exists in some form. Globally, we're purchasing, this is insane, one million plastic bottles every single minute.
1: Ugh, stop buying bottles, guys. And
0: that number will jump another 20% by 2021. That's two Woof. years from now. Woof. And lest you think they'll all be being dutifully recycled, fewer than half of the bottles purchased in 2016 were collected for recycling. And just 7% of those collected were turned into new bottles. Instead, more plastic bottles um, ended up either in landfills or in the ocean. Mm. So that's great. Um, And to bring it back to a stat I shared earlier, by 2050, the ocean will contain more plastic by weight than fish. I've mentioned that three times because it's got to stick with you. So what's the upshot? Stop drinking bottled water unless you live in a place like Flint, Michigan, or it's otherwise truly necessary for your health and safety. Right. I'm not talking to emergency responders here. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Just be be more mindful about the fact that out of sight is not out of mind when it comes to plastics. They linger in our environment long after you've made the effort to recycle them. It's not good enough. Uh, Don't create the waste that needs to be recycled in the first place. Skip the crappy plastic toys. Skip the unnecessary lids and straws. And please reach for a glass or reusable bottle instead of plastic single-use for water. You're here, here, Guys, every little bit counts. And the time for mindless recklessness has long since passed. Thank you so much for being here today, Chelsea. Thanks for talking about single-use plastic. <laughs> it's
1: one of my favorite bugaboos
0: to spread information about. Oh, I'm going to go get an iced tea in a pint glass. <laughs> And thank you for listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio. If you like the show, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And in any event, we'll catch you again next week on Everyday Enviro. Talk then. Bye, friends.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable If you want to be a guest or get involved email us at info at fullserviceradio.org Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at FullServiceRadio. Thanks for listening.